I've saved up all this money and now I'm finally retired. But why am I so scared to spend my own money? That's today's topic. Let's jump in. It's time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Lee Perkins, and as always, we really appreciate you tuning into the show. I do this show every week to help you make better decisions so you can enjoy an amazing retirement. And the topic of today's show is one that I think is going to be pretty interesting because it's it's something that a lot of people seem to struggle with. And that struggle is simple. It's giving yourself permission to spend your own money when you retire. And, and this is not something this new. It's something that I think people have wrestled with for a lot of years now. Uh, but it seems to me to be a little more prevalent over the last, I don't know, maybe five or ten years or so. And I don't know if it's because of the polarizing political environment that we've been in for a little bit now or if it's, it's just a 24-hour news cycle that, that we've, we're in right now and have been in for a while. But for some reason... People seem to have a lot of trouble spending their own money. Uh, I mentioned this in a, a recent podcast that, that my industry, the, the financial planning industry, probably doesn't help people uh, handle this, this whole situation mentally because all you hear about is, hey, whatever you do, don't run out of money. You don't want to run out of money and have to become a greeter at Walmart. So my industry sort of perpetuates that fear. So... The idea for this show came about really from a conversation that I had with a, a guy a couple of weeks ago, and he asked me the question point blank. He said, Lee, I'm scared to spend my own money. Why, why can't I spend it? Uh, and this was really a, a genuine question from him because it was a concern that he'd been wrestling with for you know just a couple of months. He recently retired, and so now he's facing the number one financial change that somebody who retires faces, and that is his paycheck stopped. Now, to give you just a little bit of background on the situation, the guy has plenty of money. We, we've discussed his situation over and over, and there's really virtually zero chance that he's ever going to run out of money. He, he's got plenty of it. Even without the paycheck and with a monthly distribution that we've talked about, he, he's going to be fine. He knows it, and I know it. However, something psychologically changed for him when he retired. And so all of a sudden, he started questioning whether or not he had enough money. So we talked through this a little bit, just sort of trying to figure out the, the real source of, of the problem. He, his need for income hadn't changed since we did this. The, the original planning, the, the amount of money that he had hasn't changed. So the only thing that has changed is how he thinks about his retirement savings. And so here's what happens when somebody retires. And I've seen this hundreds of times now. Our mind starts going in a thousand different directions. We, we start letting just outside noise impact us just a little bit more or a lot more than it did when we were working. Because, of course, while we were working, 
that paycheck gave us a little bit of peace and a little bit of comfort. Yeah, we could log on, see our 401k account, and if the market's down, you know, we see the balance going down, and, and we don't really like it, but in the back of our minds, we know we don't need it right now. That That's for for something in the future. we got a paycheck coming in right now, and the 401k or the IRA or whatever it is is, is for later on. But now that account balance, once you're retired, seems to have a bigger impact on our emotions than it did while we were still working. And it's not really the same for everybody. Um, I've got clients who, who get nervous every time the market goes down. And honestly, these are usually newer clients. Uh, we try to do our best to educate and, and provide perspective early on. And eventually, people get more comfortable with things as we move forward. They begin to understand that the markets don't go up every day. Uh, it goes down, and that's, that's just sort of part of investing. But then again, I have clients who from day one seem to be better suited to deal with market volatility. They just early on, they know that this is part of the game. So why do some people handle it different than others? I don't really know for sure. I mean, it it, it could be a lot of things. It, It could be their past experiences. If they watch their parents or their grandparents grow up in, in, you know, the Great Depression era, they would certainly have a different outlook on things than somebody who didn't experience those kind of events. Or if they saw somebody lose all of their money uh, in the stock market because because they had everything invested in one company, and then that one company went belly up, chances are they're probably going to be a little more hesitant to, to put their money in the stock market. And I don't know that there's really anything that anybody is going to say to somebody to change their mind. And if I meet with somebody that, that tells me they don't want any money in the stock market, then there's a real good chance I'm not going to be able to change their mind. And I'm probably not going to try to convince them to do anything different because it's not going to work out long term. But what happens is when some people see the market go down for a period of time, whether it's you know a day or a week or months, or, or maybe they look at a year like we had last year when the market was down you know, 20%, what happens is their minds tell them that the market's going to go down 20% every year, and they're going to be out of money in, in six or seven, you know, eight years from now because their account's going to zero. Their mind, in their mind, they play out the worst case scenario. Even though deep down inside, we know that the chance of, of this happening is really minuscule. It's never happened before, but our minds tell us that the market's going to go down every single day. And, and it's never coming up again. And I can show you chart after chart of historical data that illustrates how the market is cyclical. It goes up and down. It's done it forever, and it will continue to do that forever. And to me, the investor that remains disciplined and doesn't try to time the market by jumping in and jumping out based on whatever's going on in the news right now, that person is going to do better over the long term. They're also going to worry a lot less about things. The stock market's not going to zero. If you're properly diversified and your money is spread out among many asset classes and, and over hundreds of companies, there's virtually zero chance that you're going to lose all of your money. The only way you possibly lose all your money is if you've got everything invested in one company and that company goes belly up. Now, does this happen? Yeah, it, it does happen, but not very often, but it does. I met with a guy, I don't know, maybe two or three years ago now, 
who's got every penny of his life savings in the stock of a company that he's worked for for his entire life. And it's a really great company. And I'm not going to tell you what it is because it doesn't really matter for the purposes of this conversation. But deep down, he knows that he needs to diversify, but he can't bring himself to do it. That company stock has helped him get to where he is financially. Uh, he's made a lot of money on it, but but he's setting himself up for disaster. And if that company were to go bankrupt, uh, he'd be in a world of hurt. Now, do I think that this company is going to go bankrupt and he's going to lose all of his money? I don't. Uh, but I do know that there have been periods of time uh, in the last couple of years where that that account was way down, that stock was way down, and he didn't really like it very much. And and of course, that's when he you know he reached out to me. But at the end of the day, he he couldn't bring himself to begin exiting out of that stock into a more diversified strategy. Uh, maybe he will one day, but right now, you know, he's got a, you know, he's got an emotional attachment to that company. Uh, super nice guy. He's, he's as sharp as they come, but he's not ready to let go of that stock just yet. I, I'm sorry I rambled on just a little bit there, but I wanted to provide some perspective. So the, but the bottom line is our mind plays tricks on us and it tells us that that worst case scenario that we're imagining is more of a reality than it actually is. Um, so, you know, again, if you're properly diversified, that, that doomsday scenario is just not going to happen. Hey folks, Lee Perkins here. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know how much I hate taxes and I know you probably do too. Our politicians are completely out of control. Their spending is off the chart. And you've got to be prepared for increasing taxes in the future. So we've written a book called Diffuse, Seven Steps to Protecting Your 401k or IRA from the Ticking Tax Time Bomb. You're going to want to grab a copy of this book and learn how you can protect yourself. Then you'll have to decide if you want to take action right now or if you'd rather wait until the IRS changes the rules of the game. Either way, the choice is yours. To get a free copy of the book, just text the word DEFUSE to 478-475-2050. That's D-E-F-U-S-E to 478-475-2050. And we'll send you a free copy. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. So getting back to my conversation with with the person earlier, uh, the other thing that we talked about is a conversation that he had with a, a buddy of his. And I thought this was fascinating. He was explaining his concern to, to this friend, and, and this guy asked him, he said, hey, if you won the exact same amount of money that you have right now, you won this amount of money in a lottery, and if the lottery money was all you had, do you think you'd be able to spend the money? And he answered, yeah, absolutely, I could spend the money. So let me kind of make sure I explain this to make sure you understand it. I'm not saying that if he won the lottery and he doubled his money. I'm saying that if the amount of money that this person has, the original source of the money was winnings from a lottery rather than 30 years of working at his company, his attitude towards the pot of money would be completely different. And I thought this was fascinating when he told me about it, and it sort of shed some light on the whole situation that we're talking about. So why would this be different? Well, we kind of talked through this, and so here's the comparison that I would make, and hopefully it'll make sense to you. If you give your teenager a car when they turn 16, do you think they're going to treat that car the same way that they'll treat the very first car that they buy with their own money when they get their first job? 
chances are that the answer to this is no. They're not gonna they're not gonna wash the car that you give them like they should. I, I know that my kids don't. Um, you know, they're gonna leave fast food wrappers and trash inside of it, and you're probably gonna have to stay on them about getting the oil changed and, and just general maintenance. However, when they buy their very first car with their own money, chances are that they're just going to take better care of it. They'll, they'll keep it washed. They'll keep all the trash out of it. And they're probably not going to park right up against some other car. They're going to start looking for places, parking places in the back of parking lots. We all did this, and I, I remember doing it myself. The very first car that my parents got me, they bought from my grandmother. It was a, it was a red 1980 Buick Skylark, and it, it was a great car, and I appreciated it. But I didn't treat it like it like I treated the very first car that I bought with my own money. The very first car I ever bought with my own money was a 1992 Isuzu Rodeo. And, and it was a used car, and it was nice. It wasn't brand new. Um, but I sure treated that car way better than I treated that old Skylark. Why? It's because I bought it with my own money from a job that I had, the very first job I had. So the car had a different value to me than the first car. And I'm not talking about the dollar value. I'm talking about how I valued the car in general. So I think it's the same way with our money. The guy said that if the source of the money was from a lottery, he could give himself permission to spend it. But because he had to work and put years of, of blood and sweat to save this 401k money that he has, it's a little bit more difficult for him to let go of it, even though it's the same, it's the same money. It's the exact same amount, but the source is different. So what's the solution? Well, I think we've already sort of determined what the problem is, but, but the solution is, what, what do you do to, to give yourself permission to spend your own money? Well, candidly, I don't know that there's going to be a, an answer that's going to work for everybody. I think you have to trust the numbers and trust the work uh, that you've done, and maybe hopefully you've done the proper due diligence in your situation to make sure things work out. Uh, we did scenario after scenario with a guy that I've been talking about, and the numbers work. They work in a good market, and they work in a bad market. But what you've got to do is, is believe those numbers and trust the work that went into it and trust that those results show you that you're going to be okay in retirement. And so, really, I think this is why it's important to work with somebody, uh, a financial professional, who can take the emotions out of the equation and let you see things for what they really are. Because if you're too close to the situation, your judgment is it's just going to be swayed because you're emotionally attached to that situation and to your money. And so when I did the analysis for, th for this guy, I didn't attach any emotions to it. I was simply crunching the data that he provided me so I could give him you know, the information that he wanted to know and, and really answer his main qu question, which was, hey, can I retire and live the way I want to retire? And, and that's what we did. So, you know, I can't remove media influence. Um, I can't elect a president. I can't make the market go up every year. I wish I could. But what I can do is provide perspective. And that's what I tried to do for this guy. And at, at the end of the day, he gets it. We, we even talked about how this will be a great topic for the, the podcast. And so that's why we did it. So, you know, if, if you're one of those people that has trouble spending your money, after you've done all the work and you trust those results, I would recommend that you use some kind of bucket strategy. Um, and I talked about this on a previous podcast before, and if you want to go back and listen to it, it's episode 70. But I'll briefly tell you how this works, and hopefully this will help. So wherever your money is invested, 
set up a separate account or a separate sleeve inside of that account where you can you can put some money in. And in this account, you can put two years, three years, five years, whatever amount you know of money and time that you're comfortable with. And this is going to be the total amount of money that you would need for income over that period of time. And so what this does, it, it allows you the freedom to draw money from this bucket while your other money is in the stock market doing whatever it's doing, either making money or losing money, uh, depending on what's going on at that period of time. And so in the meantime, you're drawing money from this the income bucket and you don't have to worry about what's going on in the market. You know, the income bucket is not invested in anything super aggressive. It, you know, you, you could actually put this money in cash if you want to. It doesn't have to be in the stock market. Um, but what it do, does, again, it gives your other buckets time to make money. Um, it, it may not make money this year, may not make money next year. But over the next five or 10 years, do I think the stock market is going to increase and your account value is going to grow? I absolutely do. Now, if you don't have the same belief as me, then you know you don't need to have your money in the stock market. You need to keep it in a CD or some type of cash account or something where you're not subject to, to market risk. Um, and if But if you do this, you just need to know that if you don't have any kind of market risk, uh, inflation could tackle you from behind. So, you know, you just need to make sure you choose the strategy that works best for you in up markets and down markets. Stay disciplined. So uh, I guess sort of to wrap up here, the bottom line is don't be scared to spend your money. Um, that's my my overall message for you today. You worked hard for it, so spend it. Don't sacrifice your retirement right now to wait for a rainy day that may never come. There's so many folks out there who who just don't want to spend money because of something that could happen in the future, or they want to just leave it all to their kids. And, and that's great. You know, people want to leave something to their kids. That's fine, but you certainly don't have to. And, and if your kids were honest, they would probably tell you, hey, they'd rather you enjoy the money now uh, and they'll be happy with whatever's left over. So that's sort of it for today. I hope this has been helpful. I just kind of wanted to share some real world experiences from people that I've talked to. Um, I've got more and more conversations with clients nowadays, you know, telling them, encouraging them to spend their money while they're young enough and healthy enough to do it. And so that's what I'd like for you to do, too. So if you have any questions for me, uh, I want to talk about your situation. Certainly, you can connect with me at www.talkwithlee.com. You can we can set up a short phone call there. Uh, I've got several I have several phone calls each week with uh, listeners from this show, and I'll be glad to chat with you as well. So. That's it. Thanks for tuning in today, and we'll catch you next time. Lee Perkins here, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the show today. If you like our podcast, we would be honored if you would share the show with others. And one great way to do that is by posting the show to your social media pages or by just telling others about it. Either way, we would really appreciate it. And of course, if you do enjoy the show, we would appreciate it if you would give us a five-star review. And this certainly helps other people like you find our show. And if you want to learn a little more about our firm and how we help people have the best retirement they can possibly have, go check us out at www.myretirementclarity.com. There are a lot of great resources that you can access directly on the website. And of course, if you want to have a conversation with me, you can visit www.talkwithlee.com. And this will take you directly to my calendar. 
And there you can schedule a 15-minute phone call so I can learn a little bit more about your situation. Of course, everybody is not a great fit for our firm, but if I think we can add value and put you in a better situation, I'll let you know and we can certainly talk about the next steps. So thanks again for tuning into the show and we'll catch you next time. Investment advisory services are offered by JL Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.